So here I am back in the pulpit, recording live from, live from the sanctuary as we take these steps to hybrid worship. I must admit I'm a little nervous, but I'm reminded of the wisdom of Yoda, the Jedi master from the Star Wars series as I wade back in. Do not, do or do not, there is no try, said Yoda. So there is no delete and re-record. There is no try. So let's do it together. Because we've been in this sermon series from the Old Testament books of Ezra and Nehemiah. These two books address the end of a period of exile for the Jewish people. They are under the control of King Cyrus of Persia, and a group has been given permission to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild. So today we're seeking wisdom from Zerubbabel, the leader of the returning exiles. He grapples with the messiness of change. He grapples with the conflict between his people and the others who are in Jerusalem. I'm sure this past week we all heard about the violence in Jerusalem. Tragic violence and conflict continues among people in that region who have different claims on the land. We pray about that, and we understand that complex problems aren't easily solved. And this passage this morning, this is an important episode in the history of the Jewish people. Zerubbabel is the leader of the returning Jewish people, and his name means offspring of Babylon, right? That's amazing. He's the leader but he is known and named by being born in exile. Several generations were born in exile, and they're formed by this. They're formed by the stories from their elders about what Jerusalem was, but they're also formed by the trials of being in exile. They're formed by their trauma. The exiled people can return to Israel, but they're ancestral home has changed from the stories that they had heard. Last week, Pastor Dave noted that old adage, you can't go home again. You know, sometimes we return to a cherished place and we come to find that it's different. And we're different too. We can't go back to the past. Sometimes the idea of home is built up and idealized in our memories, right? And then when we go back, the reality is different. For these exiles who were returning, one big thing that was different is that there were other people here now. That wasn't part of their elders' experience living in Jerusalem before. And the people here, they're descendants of trauma too. They were people of the various nations who were brought by the kings of Assyria to live in Israel after the other people are carted away. Everybody was moved around. Everybody was taken from their home by the Assyrians. So the various people groups living in Jerusalem, they had a concept of gods that are local to a place. They had an idea of the God of Israel, but they made that God small and particular to that land. So they didn't really know God at all. They worshiped the God that they thought belonged to that place, but they kept worshiping their gods too. You might remember those stories about worshiping other gods in the high places. And our passage this morning tells us that these Jerusalem residents made this claim to these Jewish leaders, hey, we worship the same God, we should build this temple with you. 
We've been sacrificing to him. And yet how they describe worship, even the word they use for worship, midras, the Hebrew word, it isn't the idea of glorifying and loving and celebrating God. No, it literally means tromping a path, entreating and seeking a God to do your bidding. These people had a very transactional idea of God. They perceived God to be local, small. So Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel says, no, you can't join us for you don't really know Yahweh, the God of Israel, the creator of heaven and earth. The purpose of this temple rebuilding is to glorify God, to enjoy God. And they don't really know God. Building this temple is Zerubbabel's holy calling. These local residents weren't asking. They were asserting, we should be part of that. So what can we learn about Zerubbabel's response? Well, first and foremost, the Zerubbabel and the leaders, they were absolutely clear about their purpose. Their purpose was to love and glorify God, returning and creating this temple a gathering place for their true worship. And then secondly, they avoided the temptation of shortcuts and easy answers. Even though they desired to complete this goal of rebuilding, this was a desire carried by generations, a desire that they held very closely. And yet, for them, small steps are fine. Building the foundation first was fine. The prophet Zechariah promised that Zerubbabel's faithful leadership would bring everyone to rejoicing eventually. Eventually, they would accomplish rebuilding. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and see the plumb line for building in the hand of Zerubbabel. That's what Zechariah wrote. Don't despise the small things, those small steps, because small steps lead to big things when used by God. Even though the Jewish leaders were yearning to move forward with their rebuilding, and this dream has been cherished for generations, they don't take shortcuts that undermine the integrity of their project. They avoid a superficial alignment with those people, those residents, who said they worshiped the God of Israel, but who did not know that God. They didn't share that project because they knew they weren't in alignment. Zerubbabel wisely saw the hostile actions. Remember, believe people who they say they are by their actions. Words and actions should align. An adversary is measured by what they do. Not every outsider is an adversary, right? King Cyrus wasn't an insider. He was an outsider to the faith. And yet, he's the supporter that sends them back, that allows them to go, to rebuild, that allows treasure to follow them. They wouldn't be back if it wasn't for Cyrus, who was an outsider. The king was stirred by the Spirit of God to grant this permission, and the Persian neighbors added to the treasure that was needed to support this project. So the lesson isn't isolate from outsiders when things are messy, but to discern and go deeper, inquire of God, understand motives, and believe people's actions as they describe who they are and their motives. But most of all, 
the lesson is when responding to a calling from God to trust God's spirit, not look for human might and power to propel us forward. Zechariah 4, 6 says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So how do we apply Zerubbabel's godly wisdom to our own day? How should we be led by the spirit after a season of being exiled from our usual ways? Here we are slowly returning to being together in a hybrid fashion, practicing together on our guinea pigs, the leaders of the church. Thank you. Small, faithful steps are good. We want to move back to what we knew before, but first we have to pause and ask, like Coach Z would tell us, what's our purpose? What's our purpose? Our purpose is to continue worshiping God. Remember our purpose Come and see, go and do. Come and see the goodness of God. Go and do his will. That's our purpose. Come and see, go and do. The situation around us, this experience, that's just something to wisely navigate. It's not our purpose. It's the context of our greater purpose is to figure out how to navigate back. But our purpose is not to return to pre-pandemic times. It's about staying true to that holy purpose of coming and seeing the God's, of God's goodness and going out and doing God's will in the world. And we see that things are different in some ways the pan, due to the pandemic, but also because of the events of the past year, right? Like Pastor Dave reminded us last week, as we move forward, we'll also find that our joy is mixed with sorrow, sorrow born by the last year. We'll be mourning those who aren't returning with us, those who've passed away and who are now home with Jesus. And to a lesser degree, we'll also mourn the old ways of gathering that felt comfortable. We didn't even have to think about it. We didn't have to look at where we sit. We didn't have to think about, I'm not in the sanctuary. I am in the sanctuary. Change always brings a measure of loss when things are different. So we remember our purpose is much bigger than gathering in some new way. Our purpose is greater than figuring out a new normal. We don't want to get distracted from our beautiful purpose to come and see the goodness of God, to go and do his will in the world. What does it mean to go and do God's will in this world, this beautiful and broken and sometimes scary world, remembering this past year, this past year during a time of exile, along with the loss of lives due to the pandemic, We've gone through a racial reckoning about systematic racism that affects and harms our black siblings, our Asian American siblings. Those of us who are white have maybe explored a new understanding of whiteness. We've confronted and we've breathed in the effects of global warming with wildfires. And here we are on the edge of fire season and a drought. We've had a frightening experience of our political instability during the election, a threat to our democratic process, and it shook our security and our self-image as a nation, and it furthered political polarization. 
And many of us have economic stability in our lives and privilege. But we can see the huge impact this pandemic has had on those on the margins who are struggling with job and housing losses. And we know that elderly and medically fragile people, people suffering with mental illness, people suffering with addictions, this time of isolation has been deeply difficult, has harmed them. So all these things that we care about, we can't go home again to 14 months ago. That was the past. So much has changed. For we must go and do God's will in this world in the midst of all that is going on. But we're not to get overwhelmed. Remember, let's keep working on this together, just as we have been, remembering Zerubbabel's understanding that small steps are fine. Understand that we turn to God, that it is not by our might, it is not by our power, but by the Spirit of the Lord of hosts that we see change in our lives, in ourselves, in our community. We trust the movement of the Holy Spirit and we embrace small steps. Small steps are good and faithful. We should give ourselves grace to move slowly and ask ourselves emotionally, how have I been formed by this time of isolation? Honestly, I noticed that I've lost some social skills in complex settings. I was in a socially distanced gathering a week ago and I was awkward. I didn't know what to say. I've become accustomed to that Zoom screen where sidebars are chat and people are orderly and get called on in uh, orderly fashion. So be okay with small steps if you find that you're a bit awkward like me. We must take the time to talk out together our expectations of our life together, holding out a lot of grace for each other. Because when we don't express our expectations and then we hold on to resentments, that will form us and that will keep us from those good small steps together. Because we're all different. Our expectations of what life will look like together, they will be different. But we can't just pay attention to ourselves internally and our own experience, right? We aren't gathered to worship just for ourselves. This sanctuary isn't built to shut out the world. It isn't meant to fence off the world. Remember, come and see, go and do. In all the issues that confront our world, we must continue to go deeper. Words are important, but actions also demonstrate the truth that we believe. And small actions, small actions are okay. We don't have to solve everything we can't do everything on our own. We know it is not under our power that transformation happens. It's the Spirit of the Lord. But we can seek people of peace of every faith tradition as allies towards the healing of the world in our community. Sometimes we'll find that we need to disagree with each other or with outsiders. And we'll disagree on the basis of someone's action or the merits of their ideas not because they're different than us. Remember when you were in school, and no matter if you landed on the right answer, you got marked off if you didn't show your work? Well, that's true for us today. We've got to show our work. Well, not to each other, but to God, to our own hearts and minds. We shouldn't let others synthesize what we believe. We should engage in conversation. 
And even if we respect people, they can't form our thoughts. They can't form who we are. That's our work with God. So this means a lot of prayer, a lot of reflection on Scripture, listening to people who also seek a way of peace, who are different than us. We must be learners. We've got to read that book, have a conversation about race that maybe you would have avoided a year ago. Be brave to speak up when you see injustice. Seek to learn through different ways, maybe. Because we want to be people who are transformative. We want to be people who are seeking transformation. We know that the life of faith is transformative for us. We've got to be willing to unlearn what we've learned. Back to Yoda. You must unlearn what you have learned. The Jedi Master Yoga instru- Yoda instructs his teacher, instructs his students about releasing preconditions, preconceptions in order to rebuild new ways and new ways of understanding. We've done the work together to unlearn and relearn about some things like racism. Maybe you've done some relearning work in personal ways. I've done it myself with my relationship about food this past year. I had a disordered relationship with food, and I've built new ways of working through enjoying food and not using it as a tool. The beginning of the pandemic, concerns about health, uh, seeing myself on a video, the reality was that I needed to change. So some of us may have had some pandemic changes that change who we are when we come back into community. So yes, I've lost 50 pounds, and some people have kindly seen me and asked, and I'm not ill. (laughs) And I love that people were worried about that. So know that we'll navigate this time together step by step. We're different. It may not be easy, but small steps are okay. For we know we're not guided by our own power, but we're guided by the loving Spirit of God. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all God's people said, Amen.